The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Joe, how do you think you guys are different from October 24th in Baltimore Canal? How do you think you guys are different, you know, maybe mentally than you were then? Um, you know, it's tough to say. It's a, it's a long season. You know, we're, we're still a healthy team, which, not, you know, not a lot of people can say at this point of the season. We've been lucky as far as injuries and COVID, and, you know, we're doing a great job with our COVID protocols. Fortunately, there's not a ton to do in Cincinnati, so it's not, you know, nobody's going out to clubs and bars and getting COVID every weekend. Oh, that irritated a few of the fine folks in Cincinnati who said how dare you how dare you criticize the the nightlife of the nightlife of the bangles in cincinnati <laughs> chad johnson took to twitter to to defend cincinnati by saying there's a mcdonald's there's a starbucks there's an o'farley's and so uh and, and and don't get mad don't get mad at joe burrow for uh, look hey i live in west virginia i mean as I said yesterday on PFTPM, Cincinnati's freaking Manhattan, but you know, it, it is what it is. Be happy that you got a guy who wants to be there and that you have a guy who has a group of teammates who are sufficiently responsible to stay home and not get COVID. Yeah. It's amazing to me like, that people are actually mad at him about this. I, I mean, well, that's just the, the world we're in, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's not a great nightlife. It's still, Cincinnati oh, you sounded, you sounded, you, you, I thought you were going to go Aaron Rodgers woke mob. No, uh, no, you know, the woke mob came after him. No, 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 not at all. But just, yeah. You know, again, Hey, yeah. Cincinnati nightlife is not necessarily famous. It's still a great city. Got to, you know, great places to live it's pretty i mean so there's plenty to offer there still that's that's nice i got family that lives there from kentucky so i you know i know the area they like it so it's it's fine 
Not everybody can you know live in New York City or L.A. And maybe you're better off of that. I mean, we see L.A. And doesn't want to. Yeah. And not everybody wants right, to. Right. It's a different lifestyle. Definitely is. It's it's all the time. I mean, I got friends that I went to school with or you know played in the NFL. And they're like, oh, I could never live in New York or around New York City. I get it. It's not for everybody. It's not. I also can never live where you live or in the middle of some of these other places. I couldn't do it. We don't want you. Yeah, good, fine. You. you know, but I grew up around we don't, we, New York we're not, City, we're, so I'm too you know used to that life. We're not well known for your favorite crops down here, at least not yet. So <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. No, you're definitely here. not. No, you're definitely not known for that. We got to get your growing better in that state. <laughs> the deeper message, though, from Joe Burrow, and this is something that applies to all teams that have real designs on trying to get to the Super Bowl and win it, one of the realities that we had overlooked for good reason. We thought it was ending. We, we thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. We thought it wasn't going to affect the NFL season the way that it has very recently, but this new variant that is extremely contagious, and we're still not entirely sure what level of sickness that it causes or, or where it's going to go next. It's, it's causing the NFL, even though the protocols were dramatically revised, there have still been plenty of positive cases this week. So if you want to be successful, you got to keep your guys away from the virus and the nfl continues to believe that the vast majority of the infections are happening away from the facility which right. means what you do when you get in your car and you drive home is huge do you stay home do you go out where do you go who are you around how long are you out the best teams and when i say best i mean from the perspective of ability to deal with this current situation will have the maximum number of guys who go home and stay home. And to the extent that they have a house full of kids who may be bringing back the virus from wherever they are, they keep their distance. You know, dad's got dad's dad's in his office tonight and uh, we've got a plastic seal over the door. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to have to do if you want to be a team that isn't brought down by this. Because, I mean, look at a team like the Vikings where your starting quarterback's unvaccinated. You know, I yesterday as the PFT writers communicate as to what story we're going to get, somebody sent through that Kirk Cousins was limited yesterday with a rib injury. I, when I thought his, saw his name, I thought, there it is. He's finally positive for COVID. I'm, you know, it feels like it's unavoidable. The unvaccinated are going to catch it because they get tested every day. It's the thing with this virus ripping through the facilities. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to, it feels like you're just going to, it's, you're just going to get it. Right. And if you've got a key player, whether you're vaccinated or not, who ends up getting it, you're, you're going to be potentially screwed yeah. in these key games. So uh, good for Joe Burrow, even though you know he upset some people. It's good for him that in only his second year, he seems to be responsible about this. Let's see if he can lead his teammates to avoid putting themselves in a spot where they may end up testing well, positive. And to your point, like I, with most of the good teams we look at, I mean, I, we don't really see the COVID outbreaks. I, I mean, I, I would love to know a little bit about, you know, how they make the donuts, you know, from the old famous commercial. Like, what are they doing? What are they saying to their players? Because, you know, again, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Kansas City, I know there was a few there last week, certainly. But the Patriots. They're dealing with some right now. They, they are got Tyree right now. Kill and Travis Kelsey so that, that, they're, they're one of the good teams that's, like, dealing with something. But the Patriots, the Tennessee Titans, we really haven't heard anything from them, right? You know, Green Bay uh, has had their issue, but I guess it didn't ever re reach, like, full-fledged outbreak or like some of these other teams we're seeing here recently. Well, Tampa Bay's done a pretty good job. Dallas, I think for the most part, has done a pretty good job, right? Am I wrong about that? Uh, so 
It, it is funny. Well, they how lost, it seems they like the lost a teams. game or two. You know, they had Amari Cooper. I mean, it's yeah. it, it periodically You're is going to get one or teams. two. I get it, but yeah. But what we saw this weekend with the Browns, yes. Washington, right. and the Rams, right. we hadn't seen that. And and I feel like we got a couple of teams that are maybe potentially going to be in that spot. There was concern earlier this week that the Chiefs were heading in that direction, yeah. and it slowed down. Right. So uh, that that's going to be the key, just avoiding getting that spot where you got another situation where you got 20, 25 guys or more who are on the COVID reserve list. That's when you're getting to the point where you're not going to have enough to play a game because one thing I gathered over the weekend, I didn't know the magic number between 11 and 48. The magic number's around 44. 21 offensive players, 20 defensive players, three specialists, two quarterbacks, seven offensive linemen. You start dipping below those levels, that's when the NFL is going to start looking at other alternatives. And as J.C. Treader, the Browns president, said yesterday, the alternative last week to playing a schedule was cancellation. Right. And once the players started to understand if they cancel this game, we don't get paid, that's when they had their uprising to get the postponement. The union pushed to make those postponements happen, and they did. And I think the NFL just didn't want to start down that path this late in the season of postponing games. But uh, this weekend, who knows? Who knows? They're, they're still on watch. But right now, there's not one game that I feel like is in jeopardy as we embark on the start of Week 16. But between Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday games, uh who knows how the rest of the week's going to unfold. And then next week becomes critical, Chris, because Christmas. Got people in your house for the holiday. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're going to be more inclined to let your guard down. Again, the good teams, the teams with good player leadership, like the Bucks with Tom Brady, they're going to make sure that, that they understand guys need to be smart, they need to be safe, they need to keep themselves from testing positive because – we don't have you for a key game. We may be screwed. Yeah, no, and it's a, again, we we've hit this a lot, but yeah, this is you got to compete this way too. It's more than just the field of field of play, you know, for the second straight year, and you know, hopefully, you know, we're gonna see smatterings of it all over the NFL. I mean, I know we're hey, Nick Sirianni, he's got it. There's other people, yeah. I just I hope it just doesn't hit the yeah outbreak on a team level to where we have to move more games or postpone or do anything like that. Hopefully. This last week put everybody on notice and, and everybody in the NFL, you know, crossed their T's and dot their I's and got control of this thing. Nick Sirianni did test positive yesterday, one day after the win over Washington. He'll be replaced by passing game coordinator Kevin Petullo in the event that Sirianni is not cleared to return for the game against the Giants. Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, tested positive. Ron Middleton, the tight ends coach, takes over against the Jaguars. You know, that's a game to me, Chris, that I, if 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 the Jets and the Jets had like fourteen players on COVID reserve yesterday, they didn't all land on it the same day, but yeah. they could have more today and that's more one tomorrow. You look at to go that could get postponed or canceled, or I could just say, and again, I, I the players want to get paid, right? But from the league's perspective, both teams are out. Who the hell cares? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Who cares? You're right. You know, you postpone that game. Well, it's not like there's going to be a ton of fans there anyway the day after Christmas I mean think about that if you're a Jets fan right now now look you may get a chance to see the team win um but uh you know the, this the matchup of the number one and number two overall that's, that's picks the coming right coming week 16 not the same sizzle when there's only five teams that have been eliminated and these are two of them yeah no it's, it's not the same sizzle but that's why I'd want to watch it just to kind of see that you know the Jets too I think are trying to you know, win a game or two more here just to continue to, 
you know, have that winning culture under Robert Sala. Give the give the team something positive as you go into the off season to build on. Uh, so I, I do think it's you know again I don't think they're looking to tank or do anything like that. This is more of an I think an important game for Sala and company just because yeah they're going to be back. The Jaguars obviously going to change things there. Uh, but yeah, it's about the future there to where that that's where it's things for them, the Jets, because yeah, this is a game that you look at and go, they certainly could win it. It's fun to see the quarterback matchup and yeah, can, in, you know, instill a little toughness and belief in your football team heading in the off season. And as we know, the Jets are looking like they're going to have two top 10 picks, which is going to be amazing and, and hopefully turn their team around a little bit. And, you know, one last thing, and, and uh, this just occurred to me because we had two different changes to the COVID protocols last week in response to what's been happening on yeah. Saturday. It was the, 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 the big reduction in testing in theory of vaccinated players, getting rid of the weekly testing and focusing more on targeted testing, whatever that means, testing of players who have symptoms or who volunteer that they have symptoms and, and close contacts with people who ultimately are positive. Last Thursday, the change that was made was aimed at allowing guys to come back faster. Meanwhile, we're eight days into Baker Mayfield being out. Now, his his 10 days is going to be up, and he's going to be able to come back since he's vaccinated. But the idea that that they put these new protocols in place to allow guys to come back faster, and it really doesn't seem to be making much of a difference, you know, that that that's the other side of this coin where – you know, guy tests positive and he's put on ice, even if he's vaccinated, maybe they're not going to come back as quickly as they had hoped when they revised things last week, which becomes very important because we're getting to the point where you don't just miss one game, maybe you miss two games. Well, is it is it still the same rule? I, 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 I'm a little confused with even how it's going down now, I guess. Is it still the same rule where you have to, you have to pass two tests, you know, 24 no, hours it, apart? No, 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 no. They've they've made it easier to come back. Right. I, and and it's complicated, but they made it easier to come back. But the bottom line is it it has proven to be in a lot of cases no easier yeah. this way. The goal was to make it easier to come back. When you're vaccinated, asymptomatic and positive, easier to come back. And Baker Mayfield's still out and they have a game in 2 days at Lambeau Field. And it could be that he just walks through the door tomorrow. And uh, uh, what kind of prep are you going to have? I mean, you know, we, we just assumed after the game on Monday, oh, okay, Baker will be back. Everything will be fine. Everything yeah, will be right, good. It, right. It may, it, may, it may not be the case. It and, is surprising. Uh, it's one thing for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers to roll off of his couch and show up That's and right. play well. Right. It's going to be quite another for Baker Mayfield to do it. Let's go ahead and take a break. We talked about the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, how much say, if any, should he have in their next big move in hiring a coach? We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Hey, Trevor, what uh, what do you want out of the next head coach or what are the things you think are important for the next head coach to have qualities or, or you know, whether he's an offensive guy or, or leadership or whatever? What are the things that you would really like to see out of the next head coach? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't really want to get into get into all that right now. Um, really, I'm just I'm just focused on finishing this season strong. Like I like I've said the last couple of weeks, building some momentum with the guys here, with the, with the people that we have in place and just going and being our best every week. And, um, you know, we'll see where that where that puts us at the end of the year. And um, obviously it's a big off season. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of questions to be answered. But right now I just want to focus on uh, being my best and, and helping this team be our best. 
Always important to play out that meaningless string of games and focus exclusively on that, even though we're just days away from the window opening for the Jaguars to begin interviewing coaching candidates. So it is highly relevant. And Lawrence seemingly aware of the minor storm that he kicked up by acknowledging to the CBS broadcast crew last week that he would like to have input in the hiring of a new coach and that owner Shot Khan has said that he will have input. Chris, this is a thorny issue. This is a slippery slope. This is a a sticky wicket, as the case may be, because some teams will, some teams won't. I think back to the hiring of Matt LaFleur. They didn't consult with Aaron Rodgers at all. He had no say. He had no input. He had no voice in the decision to bring in Matt LaFleur. Oh, and by the way, I think it's worked out pretty well for the Green Bay Packers in nearly three full seasons. So, I don't know how you feel about it. Look, I've got my opinions on how a franchise quarterback should be treated because of what he's expected to be. But you don't want to have your quarterback making decisions. It's one thing to have input. You don't want him making decisions. You don't want want your quarterback hiring the coach. That's for damn sure. No, that's exactly right, Mike. I mean, you know, again, there's very few, you know, I think examples of that in the history of the sport. We can go through great quarterbacks of all time and go – they had no say in who got hired there. I mean, you just mentioned one of them, certainly. You know, we saw, you know, we, we heard Tony Dundry over the weekend, right, talk about Peyton Manning. I don't think Peyton Manning was like the biggest fan of Dungy, defensive coach, coming to town to Indianapolis. It worked out. You know, again, the player doesn't know everything. And especially a young player who hasn't been around, Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the use a phrase you hear me say a lot, like he doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. You know, he's his first experience in the NFL is Urban Meyer. I mean, that's what, what he's not going to learn anything from that other than like, well, I don't want a guy that runs the program like that. That's all he knows. You know, I'm all for like, you know, maybe letting him sign off on, hey, I like the person. Oh, I got to meet, you know, Josh McDaniels or Byron Leftwich. And hey, I like the guy. Yeah, I, I could I could work for him. That's great. But like after that, yes. This is one where you don't want the quarterback to have say. They, they don't know what necessarily is right or wrong for the organization. They haven't been around enough for that. And, of course, life could go on after Trevor Lawrence, and you could still have this coach. So you just don't know, and that's why you don't listen to a quarterback, a player, and especially a rookie quarterback at this point, in my opinion. Or you could be firing this coach again, and you move on to another yeah, one yeah, with right, this quarterback. Right. Now, now, look, Trevor Lawrence has a vested interest and the Jaguars not screwing this up the way they screwed up the hiring of Urban Meyer because it affects his career. We say this all the time. Where that quarterback begins his career has such an influence on who he becomes. Case in point, let's make it as simple as we can. You send Mac Jones to the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence to the Patriots. Much different rookie experience for both guys with the coaching with the attitude, with the program, with everything around him. So I can understand why Trevor Lawrence would want to have some say. But like you said, like, like, hey, I need a new car, and I need it to be really safe and effective. I'm going to have some say in how they design and build it. I'm, what the hell do I know? Yeah. All I know is right. I, I, I – now, that said, here's where I think that you need to find a way – to get the guy involved because of the critical nature of the relationship. And even if it's as simple as the decision maker, whoever it's going to be, owner or whoever the right-hand person is that whispers in the owner's ear or the consultant, and I don't agree with that approach, but somebody's making the decision as to who's going to be hired. That person 
with the finalist, with the quarterback. They need to go have dinner somewhere. They need to spend time together. And the person making the hire needs to observe the interaction of the two people. And this is where emotional intelligence becomes so important. And this is one of the reasons why there are dysfunctional teams. Because you have owners who don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to picking the right people to put together in close proximity for an extended period of time with a lot of adversity and pressure and stress. You want to observe those personalities and get an idea of are they going to work together? Are they not going to work together? You got to trust the pasta and meatballs gut yeah. when you watch those interactions. And you got to be willing to say, I don't think these two people are going to get along. And you got to be willing to, to grab that feeling of, I think I sense something special here. I think there can be some magic here. There can be the right chemistry that we need to come together as a football team and achieve what we're trying to achieve. That's not easy to do. Yeah. But I think that's where the quarterback. Sure becomes part of this analysis, not as a guy who's making decisions, That's right. but a guy whose presence is, 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 is put together with the coach and you get an idea of whether or not these two personalities are going to work. Because if they don't get along... It's done. Yeah, I can get behind that. that, that that's uh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm with you there all the way. Yeah, let's can they can he sign off on the person and hey yeah I can work with this guy and there's the little chemistry and yeah we can talk football and really like dive in and it's like we're two you know peas in a pod and we're just man it's like we've been best friends forever. Hey great we're talking football. Yeah, I mean that that to me is the element that maybe you let Trevor Lawrence get involved in, but not about like. All right, hey Trevor, we got three finalists now. You pick it. You know that? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think it's all about the interaction, like you talked about. It shouldn't go any farther than that, and that's where it'll be interesting to to see where this goes. You know, it, it's hey Leftwich McDaniel's. I certainly understand them being at the top of this conversation. They're special. I mean, they are McDaniel's. You know, I think is extremely special. He's as smart as a football guy I've ever been around in my life, and. You know, Byron Leftwich, I came out with him in the draft. I know he's, you know, loves football. He knows how to command men, a huddle, a meeting room, whatever. He's an outside-the-box thinker. His game plans are concerned. He's been learning under Bruce Aaron. So either one of those guys are great candidates. And I think there's some other good candidates out there as well. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the Jaguars approach this whole thing. Two years with Tom Brady would help also the effort of Byron Leftwich to be ready to go. No doubt. And he's going to groom a young quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence because he's witnessed some of the habits of Tom Brady. He's lived the habits of Tom Brady. He can carry them with him. As to McDaniels, because we said on Football Night in America that McDaniels and Leftwich are two of the ones to watch. McDaniels, because of the Mac Jones development this year, and he's 10 years removed from the disaster in Denver. 10 years later, 10 years older, 10 years wiser. I don't think what happened in Denver should stick to him the way – that it, but but here's the other here's the, here's the other problem. Yeah, here's the problem. Yeah, the guys who leave the New England nest have no idea how much of that Bill Belichick influence has stuck to them. Yes, is part of them. Right. I, I, they they don't know. They think they're being their own guy, but they still are so shaped by everything they've witnessed, everything they've lived, everything they've experienced. They aren't capable of recognizing that they are Bill Belichick to a certain extent. That Bill Belichick has influenced them so much they don't even realize. It's like I breathe air into my lungs and I don't realize I'm doing it. That's how I think it happens with some of these guys. Which means you better win quickly or you're going to have a lot of people who, you know, aren't big fans. Not, Not 
you know, kind of like the same, like with Urban Meyer, and, and I'm not comparing in any way, but if Urban Meyer was 11 and 2, he wouldn't have been fired. I mean, there are certain things, you know, in ways and abrasiveness and approach that you can get away with if you're successful. The Patriot way works because you win games. Yeah. If you blow through the door with the Patriot way like Matt Patricia did in Detroit and you don't win, you ain't going to last. Right. Because the players, the staff, the coaching staff, they're all going to revolt. They don't, they don't want to work that way. They don't want to be that way if they're not getting the results. If you're getting the results then it's okay. No, no doubt about it. I mean, we've seen that, whether it was Belichick with the Patriots, Tom Coughlin with the Giants, right? I mean, it's the same type of story. Yeah, it's it's that coaching tree. You know, it's a little bit more of like, hey, you know, strict military, you know, like two feet on the ground. It's football time. It's time to go to work. It's, it's, it's not casual at all. I do think, again, I was in Denver with Josh McDaniels. He's got a great blend of his own self and also being able to implement – you know, what the Patriots did to make them successful. You know, as far as the the programs in place that, hey, free agency, the draft, the evaluation, you know, what he does coaching. Yes, I'm sure there's some mistakes he made there that he'll he'll adjust to. He's a very smart guy that way. I can also say within being there, there was other issues there in that Broncos organization that did not help Josh McDaniels out and his experience there. You know, the, he was handcuffed to a degree more than people realize. The Broncos were going through financial issues. You know, there was a lot of things there at that time. They couldn't pay me my signing bonus the year I was there. They had to wait until the season started until they got cash flow. So there was things at play that I think were promised to Josh McDaniels to set up the organization in a better spot that weren't necessarily delivered on. But yeah, having played for him, having been up in New England. Nobody's smarter than Josh. And I do think, you know, to your point with where we haven't seen the Patriots people come out of there and be overly successful. I get that. The the one thing where I'm going to give McDaniels an advantage maybe over others is I think Bill opened the vault for Josh McDaniels, especially when he d- turned down the Colts, the Colts job nope, and came nope, back. No, 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 no. That happened before he went to Denver. Well, that's an old take. That's I can I can I'll send you the link to the Sports Illustrated article. Oh great, I, the Mike, Mike, d- 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 tell me when I give a damn about the Sports Illustrated link. When I I've talked to people up there where I know that's part of it. That's part of it. So screw your Sports Illustrated article. And here but I'll show open, you. This whole, this I'll whole show take you about opening the so, vault. Okay. Do you really think he's fully opened the vault? Do you really think he's fully I, opened I, the vault? I think and there's not de- held anything. I back? think there's definitely something there as compared to that. And you hear the stories about, hey, a lot of people think that, you know, Belichick kind of screwed over McDaniels to keep him in and got Joe Judge to the Giants and the Matt Rule to the Carolina Panther thing there. Yes, I do. I I do. I think that Josh is not an idiot and, you know, with part of this would want that and knowing how you run the whole organization. So, yes, I could tell you the vault wasn't totally open when he was in Denver and all that. There was elements of things that yes, he did not know or wasn't privy to that forma- privy to that formation or information there. So, I again, that's where I give him a fighting chance, let alone I think he's smart enough to adjust and and fix the mistakes he made. I can think of one thing that was in the vault that he didn't share with him back in 2008. You want to know what it is? What's that? Don't use a first round pick on Tim Tebow. 
Well, that, that was, would be something. That, that, that would be one of those mistakes. He, the Jay Cutler thing. <laughs> that draft was stupid, no doubt about it. You know, there was the issue with Brandon Marshall. Let alone some of the things with the organization. That's where you know it. It, it was there was a lot of issues there. I think that that people don't realize. Let alone, like I said, there's probably some things he would change too. Uh, but like a Belichick, you know, who had these issues in Cleveland, learned, adjusted, and got better from it. And I think Josh could could be that guy too. A lot's happened in 10 years, and Josh McDaniels has been part of some great football teams. And, uh, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think that his time has come, if not past due, yeah. to get his next opportunity. Let's take a break. Who should be getting more love in the MVP conversation? We'll do that in fill-in-the-blank when PFC Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. I look forward to Tuesdays because that one—that's when Christopher's back, baby. Oh, thank you, Michael. Ninety-seven minutes later. Yes. He said he in twenty twenty we're never signing him. Right. He said it. Well, okay. Two. Well, don't yeah. pay attention to any. Let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, I let you go. Let me finish. But Chris, you make yourself look like a freaking buffoon when you say on the way through the door, he screws up one time and he's gone. And don't say what? Position. Don't say you shouldn't do this. Don't, That's wrong, Mike. You're wrong. Sorry. You're wrong. And he's they, there they every day with Antonio eyes. Brown, and you're not. Okay. That, you know what? That was fun the other day. People actually thought we were mad at each other. We don't get mad at each other. And I finally have my proof because I have somebody who's been insisting that I called you a buffoon. And I'm like, I didn't call Chris a buffoon. Right. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. And it's clear. There's the tape. Whoever, the guy, I can't remember the name of the EJ. guy. But somebody's been emailing me. You called him. A, oh, no, that guy. no, 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 okay. no. I'm, yeah. talking, I'm, no, I'm yeah. talking about the guy that's emailing. I know <laughs> right. it's EJ that puts it together, you buffoon. <laughs> the question is, did I call you a buffoon on Tuesday? No. I just called you a buffoon now, no. but I didn't on Tuesday. No, you called Bruce Arians a buffoon on Tuesday. Exactly. You said, yes. You so, come sorry. off like so a Bruce, freaking buffoon. you're the buffoon. I'm not. I'm yes. smart. That's right. All right. We're, I know. All people right. get concerned because we have an argument. On TV, I like I don't take it personal at all. My mom even texted me that day. She's like, "Did you and Florio make up?" And I was like, "We, of course we did. We don't. We didn't." Yeah, we were laughing in the yeah. next in the break right after that segment. Right. We were laughing it's about a, it. We're passionate about what we talk about. We had an argument. So what? I don't care. That's it. Was good. It was fun. Meanwhile, it's time for today's speed round. Brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the National Football League. Let's get to it. My biggest grievance with the NFL season this year is what, Chris? 
Well, this is easy. I mean, this is the easiest one that we've ever had. It's the refereeing, the way the games are being officiated. I got issues with it. I got all I got issues, whether it's Cassius Marsh and the karate chop or the no low block call, you know, or the phantom call or the nothing, the passer or the inconsistencies of wait, this is pass interference all game long. And now we're under two minutes and you're allowed to just physically, you know, abuse the person and we don't call pass interference. It's all over the place. The officiating has been horrible this year. I don't. I wish I had more time on a Sunday to sit there and write it down as the day went on, because I know we do our segment on Wednesday, and I we could have three shows worth of crap where they're not good. The officiating—that's my oh. biggest grievance of the year. We spent. We now spend twenty minutes on it every Wednesday. I know, and it's not even enough. Review. There's more. Like that's yeah. what's crazy, right? My, my biggest, my biggest grievance is, and it's related to the officiating. It's one subset. It's that strategic decision that was made back in April to make taunting a point of emphasis, and to insist on flags being thrown for posturing toward the sideline, getting in someone's face, and creating a system where we now see wild inconsistencies. There were three taunts at least on Sunday night yeah. in the Saints-Bucks game that weren't called. We saw taunting. There was a, a guy from the Bears right in someone's face on on Monday night, and it wasn't called. It, it just creates a mess. It creates a problem. And, and it and it upset I mean in this day and age when you unite any group of people against something you're really doing something wrong and it united football fans against this effort which tells you how wrongheaded it was all right the player that deserves more love in the MVP discussion is who Chris oh okay all right um mm. um I'm not sure who I'm going to go with here. Yeah, I guess the guy that I think deserves a little more, like, in the – listen, we know the main three. We know it's Brady, you know, Rodgers, of course. I'm missing somebody else, obvious there. Jonathan but Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, yes. The other guy I'll say that I think needs to be at least in the conversation, I mean, again, from the current status of how we evaluate, Matthew Stafford. That would probably be the guy. Not that I think he should win it. I think Aaron Rodgers should clearly win it. I do. But, like, Stafford's a guy at least, like, for what he's done, the Rams are 10-4. and four. We had all these questions and the world hating on Matthew Stafford the last few years. I mean, it's the second-best quarterback rating in the sport. It's, what, 35, 34 touchdown passes, something in that range, 10 interceptions. I mean, it's a phenomenal year. He at least deserves to be – brought up in the combo I guess is what I'm trying to say I think that the problem with Matthew Stafford is if Cooper Cup who has gone from 100 to 1 to 40 to 1 at points bet if he breaks the single season reception record yeah, and the yardage right. record he can do both him. if he does either one he's going to get some votes yeah he's going to take some votes away potentially from Matthew Stafford for me it's it's Patrick Mahomes who right now is 16 to 1 if the Chiefs finish with the one seed how is he not a guy that gets serious consideration. I know his numbers aren't off the charts, but they get the one seed in the in the AFC. And and if it's if it's the Chiefs and the Packers, th this is where the woke mob dynamic comes into play because Rodgers is convinced he's not going to win the MVP. I don't know if it's reverse psychology that he's utilizing as he learned that concept from Michael Scott on The Office, but. Uh, I, I still think that Rodgers is the favorite now for reason, and he probably will win it. Woke mob be damned. The blank are on upset alert in week 17. Which team would you say, watch out, because you could get knocked off? Uh, 
I, I guess my my heart wants to a little bit, and I'm not going to pick them to win, I don't think, here, but I, the team I look at to be a little bit like watch out would be the Rams. The Rams, short week, you know, they had COVID issues, and now they got to go to Minnesota, you know. Uh, that, to me, would be the game where if you look at a real team that I look at is like, uh, I think the Rams are favored in that matchup. I haven't even looked at the, the spreads of these games Three yet. points. Yeah. I would think that that's a game that's a little scary. Again, Dalvin Cook, we know what the you know Kirk Cousins and company can do. Uh, that's one I would go watch out for the upset. Real quick for me, Eagles – Against the Giants, okay, because the Giants, by all appearances, are done, but it's the Giants and the Eagles rivalry, and yeah. maybe they aren't, and you've got some desperate members of that coaching staff, and also the Bucks going to Carolina, where Cam Newton, all-time, 2-0 and against Tom Brady, and with the Bucks with these injuries, I'm, I'm not ready to, to say they're safe, so at a minimum, they're going to have to you. work for that one. Let's yeah. take a break. Show me something draft for Week 16 when PFT Live continues right after this. Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL. All right, show me something draft for week 16. They're showing me the clock, which tells me we don't have very much time. So, Chris, you are up. All right, I will start off with I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Show me something draft. I mean, come on, we got to right the ship here. Come on, Cardinals. The whole world's doubting you and thinks you're, you know, fraud right now as far as being one of the better teams in football. You know, ugly loss last week. You know, didn't didn't play well against the Rams. It's your turn, Kyler Murray, Pro Bowl quarterback, to carry the team through this bad spot. That's what I'm looking forward to on Christmas night. For me, it's your boy blue, my boy blue, Josh Allen snubbed for the Pro Bowl, so yeah. he should have an extra little incentive to right. get it together and go into Foxborough and show that he can get it done. It took him a while to figure out that they should unleash him in the elements in that Monday night game a few weeks ago. If the Bills are going to get past the Patriots, if the Bills are going to keep their playoffs hope alive, if the Bills have any reasonable chance of advancing in the postseason it's got to be josh allen stepping up and stepping up now yeah i hear you there i do yeah it's it's the greatest one-man show in the sport right now i mean come on it's unbelievable what he does does for that football team be a tough task certainly with new england uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna stay a little bit i'm gonna use joe burrow as the jumping spot but really joe burrow the Bengals in general like come on the time is now you got the ravens coming to the town a less than 100 percent lamar jackson maybe no lamar jackson Team is injured throughout. You know, you're at home. Here's the time to finally like go, whoa, we can be the kings of the AFC North here. You know, now can they take advantage of that? Can Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and everybody, can they play a clean football game? Not mess it up that way. You know, that that's where I'm 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 looking for the Bengals to show me something that they're that legit playoff team that I think they are. Two weeks ago tonight, it was Dalvin Cook that strapped on a harness and played with a shoulder injury sooner than we thought he would because he wants to help save the job of his guy, Mike Zimmer. Yeah. This weekend, it's Kirk Cousins. This is it. This is it. Look, they're not going to win against the Rams if they run the ball. They're going to win against the Rams if they throw the ball effectively and balance and counter the L.A. offense. And if the Vikings lose this one, I think they're done. I think they got to run the table. I, maybe they can get away with one more loss, but yeah, they got maybe. the Rams and they got the Packers at Lambeau right. Field. So if you lose to the Rams on Sunday, your chances of beating the Packers at Lambeau Field after you've already beaten them once, pretty slim. Kirk Cousins needs to step up and save Mike Zimmer's job because there's a chance that a good chance he's out if they uh, if they lose on Sunday. All right, we're going to take a break. Round three when PFT Live continues right after this. 
All right, last round of the Show Me Something draft for Week 16. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I know. You know, I, I was thinking about going with, like, something with the Bills' defense because, of course, you know, they lost without the Patriots throwing the ball the first time. But you already did something Bills-centric, so I'll, I'll, I'll avoid that. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. I'm, I'm going to go another quarterback here. You know, Ryan Tannehill, yes, yeah, tonight's a big night. you got to show us something. You know, again, it's the 49ers. They're really good. There's issues at corner. We've talked about that. It's a weakness for the 49ers. Can Tannehill, can he play a clean game? Can he lead this team to, to a win against a tough football team in the 49ers? He's going to have to make some plays for them to win tonight. So I'm, I'm going to say show me something, Ryan Tannehill. You know, you went all Bengals. I'm going to go the other team in Ohio, all Browns, yeah. all hands on deck. <laughs> right. A total organizational effort to go to Lambeau Field on Christmas Day because if they lose that game, and I suspect that they will, but if they do, they're done. This is it. This is your Super Bowl. This is your playoff game. This is it. You lose this game, and it is over. Yeah. So everyone with the Browns needs to step up. Enjoy that game on Christmas Day. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy Colts Cardinals on Christmas. All the games on Week 16. We'll be back on Monday. Not me, because Chris Chris gets an extra long weekend, because we're off tomorrow. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Be safe, and we'll see you real soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.